Hey there, you're listening to the Aligned Women Podcast, the original podcast for women in chiropractic. If doing all the things you were told to do to grow your practice have left you overwhelmed and exhausted, you're in the right place. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton, the founder of Aligned Women. We help women in chiropractic who are just like you to grow profitable practices without sacrificing being present with your family. If you're done with spinal screenings and health fears, want more time freedom, more money in your bank account, and a practice that you love without sacrificing your health, be sure to grab the Aligned Chiropractors Survival Guide at AlignedChiroSurvivalGuide.com. Now, sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy today's episode. Hey there, and welcome to episode 164 of the Aligned Women Podcast. In today's episode, you're going to hear from Dr. Monica Berger. If you don't know Dr. Monica, she is a chiropractor just like you and I. She basically pioneered the sensory motor development movement into the chiropractic profession. And she was one of the first, if not the first chiropractor, to really start putting an emphasis on sensory processing disorder and how we serve and help as chiropractors with that challenge. There's so much in this interview with Dr. Monica that I wanted to highlight here for you right now before you go listen. But there was so many key points and big takeaways from our conversation that it's really best for you to just listen to the conversation. If you're a hands-on practitioner who has struggled with feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, you've got to listen to this episode. You know that I talk about taking care of yourself, putting self-care first all the time. And it's another thing to really understand why from a central nervous system, from a neurobiological perspective, why it's so key that you do that. And Dr. Monica explains more about that in today's episode. Listening back to this conversation, I also realized how much I've learned over the last four weeks since Dr. Monica and I had this chat over in Align Chiropractors that I'm sharing with you today and how I feel like I've grown in my ability to even just talk about things like racism and trafficking and to put those things out there. And yes, they're hard to hear. And yes, it might be uncomfortable. It's often really uncomfortable for all of us in a variety of ways. But that if we don't talk about these things, we can't create solutions from a spiritual perspective. If we don't bring the dark to the light, we can't heal it. We can't transmute that darkness So I'm just sharing that with you as I've listened back to our conversation and this was just four weeks ago. I'm listening to it going, wow, yeah, I was, I would say that differently or I would be more direct here. I would not step around using certain words there and just acknowledging growth and learning. And there's been a couple of black chiropractors that I've spoken with over the last two to three weeks in particular who I've been able to really have open and honest, transparent and authentic conversations with. And I'm so thankful to them because it's really helped me to be able to show up here for you in a stronger way, with a stronger and more certainty, more certainty in my voice and in my perspective and what I know is right. All right. So um, what else? I think at the end of this interview, you're going to hear Dr. Monica share about her new program, Developing Minds University. And At the moment, I'm not sure where to tell you to go if you're interested in learning more about that program, but 
I know that we'll be able to incorporate that into the show notes for this episode. So if you're listening on the Aligned Women website, be sure to look for links to learn more about Developing Minds University there. Okay. Now, seriously, just go listen to this interview with Dr. Monica because it's full of really key points for all chiropractors (laughs) in the world today. Hello, everyone. Welcome. I'm bringing you a special guest today, Dr. Monica Berger, and I'm super excited to be talking with her and for you to hear all of her amazing knowledge. Dr. Monica, I would love for you to just get us started with sharing more about who you are, and then we're going to dive in from there about the work that you do now helping other chiropractors with their patients. Oh, cool beans. Well, I have been in practice for, I'm heading into my 30th year, believe it or not. Whoa. I practiced for over 18 years in Northern California, and now I'm in Southeastern Idaho. But my practice paradigm is I don't do musculoskeletal work. I do brain body work. So half of my practice is dealing with kiddos and adults with chronic health issues. And the other half is um, neurological-based disorders, anywhere from autism, ADHD, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, a neuro-based approach. So um, I have a pretty intense kind of comprehensive paradigm protocol, but I've been able to adapt my practice. I told my husband yesterday we were going for a walk and I said, I think I'm in phase three of my practice. We're all in these phases, right? Of right now in Idaho, we're in phase four of opening up. So I'm in phase three of my practice. In my Missouri, career. by the way, as of four days from now, we're going to be in phase. We're all done with it. <laughs> we're all over it. Missouri is making all restrictions on um, the 16th of June. So, oh, but, awesome. yeah. but Missouri was actually a lot of people in Missouri were already done with it. Like Memorial day weekend. If you didn't see that in the news, it was pretty. Was yeah. Pretty, I think uh, globally crazy. we're kind of like all over this thing. Um, but I figure I, I say I'm in phase three of my career and it's been awesome because one thing I think you should always keep in mind is it's okay to change. It's okay to grow, evolve. And I'm the happiest I've been in my career. And I just absolutely love learning. I keep learning those of you that have been out there that have been in my tribe over the years, you know that I'm always got something that I'm studying and, and trying to bring to the forefront for the profession. How did you go from your own practice to teaching other chiropractors what you have developed as what I think of as a chiropractic technique? I don't know if you think of it that way, but to me, I feel like what you teach is its own technique. It's really, it is this kind of own comprehensive model of chiropractic, always based around subluxation, always based around the autonomic nervous system and the spine and the brain and so forth. You know what? I really believe in you are given things over your career because if you follow them, that's where you're supposed to be. That's where things lead to. And, you know, one rabbit hole would lead to another rabbit hole. And I started teaching for the ICPA early on in my career, way, probably 20 years ago. And from there, I brought actually to the chiropractic profession, I was the one really that brought forth the whole sensory, motor sensory processing disorder, looking at the autism population. So I started that trend way back with the ICPA and actually Jeannie Ohm, the amazing Jeannie Ohm said to me, we're getting such great feedback and so forth. You really should think about doing more extended modules more. And then it just went from there. And I was very fortunate to have a lot of amazing mentors in my life from the Autism Research Institute, from pediatricians and researchers to, you know, Heidi Helvick is a really good friend of mine. And, and, you know, so I've just been really fortunate to and, and take all those fractions and bring them all together under one program. Okay. So 
I had a thought as you were talking, I got adjusted on Tuesday and I had an activator adjustment, which I hadn't had in like 14 years. <laughs> and when I was in my twenties, I would get like an activator adjustment in school, for example. And I was like, nah, eh. and I got adjusted with activator on Tuesday. And I was like, whoa, that was amazing. But my brain processed what was happening to my body with the input, the sensory input in a much different way than what I had been able to comprehend it before. And I think not that what you teach is activator by any means, but I was like, oh, wait, this is like what Monica is teaching because it is so much more than what we were taught in school about neurology and how the brain works in the central nervous system. Can you expand a bit on how what you teach is different? Oh, that's, do we have like 10 hours, but (laughs) in the nutshell, what we're living in right now is a perfect example of what most people have been living in to some degree for probably the last decade or more. But now we're all kind of there. We're in what I call limbic lock and load mode. Before we went live, you and I kind of talked about the layers that so many of us, especially in the chiropractic field, because of our philosophy, our belief in healing over the last year have been dealing with. So over the last year, we've been very much concerned about our medical freedom, our rights, uh, the big V word. Okay. And that was a layer and a fight. And we know that that big V word brings forth a very emotional tie to it, an yes. emotional imprint, one side or the other. Right. And when we get stuck in this emotional center, what I call limbic lock and load mode, we get stuck in this, the fear monger takes over that amygdala. The amygdala is incredible and it becomes desensitized. It becomes heightened the longer that we stimulate it with a belief, with an emotion. So when we get this aberrant sensory input into the brain, when it's, when it's disorganized and when it, be, it creates an emotion, the way we feel about our environment, either our external environment or internal environment, that becomes our reality. That becomes how we respond to our whole world emotionally, psychologically, motor skill-wise, learning-wise, it's our entire being. So you say the V word and you have people on either side get stuck in their amygdala. We say that sensory input comes from the outside world. Our five far senses, sight, smell, sound, touch, taste, come from the outside world. And then our inner core. These five senses from our inner being really regulate who we are as a person, our beliefs, what we feel about our body, how good we feel about ourselves, how bad we feel about ourselves. Those are vestibular proprioception, the microbiome. The microbiome is so incredibly important here. Our visceral sensations, most of that's vagal tone, the vagus nerve, and our immune system. So a lot of us are walking around with anxiety kind of feelings right now because of what we've been experiencing, right? That creates an emotion, a sensory input into our brain, hits the amygdala. Once the amygdala takes over, the frontal lobe, our executive functioning, it blows off. Frontal lobe flip, you're offline. You cannot be reasonable, be rational, have impulse control, be human. You can't have a higher state of consciousness. That's what makes us human. So like we were talking these layers, we had the V layer. Then we have the C layer, COVID came in, right? which dovetails into this layer. And now we have our social, our, our, our racial, our racial inequality, our sexual inequality dovetails into that. All these layers that are so emotionally driven. 
And so now you get two sides of the fence flipped off and they're trying to fight each other. Neither side is going to be reasonable, be rational at this point, because now we're so sensitized just looking at somebody wrong or, or saying the wrong word or, or starting to say the word. And, but what's happening is if we live there, we can't live on a conscious level. We're going to constantly be running from the tiger. And that amygdala, I refer to it as your rate limiting factor in life. It's going to hold you back from success. One, you're going to burn out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your adrenals are going to crash Yes, because it has a direct connection. It controls your HPA axis and your autonomic nervous system. Yes. I have a lot of women that come to me in in coaching sessions, for example, they feel like they never get enough done. They feel like they can't focus on their soap notes. They have a huge stack of chart notes piling up digitally or physically that they have all these ideas for how to grow their practice and how to help more people, but they can't focus on implementing any of them. They want to sell their practice, but they don't even know where to start. And when I really dig down in with them into what's going on, a lot of it is exactly what you've just described. They're actually experiencing the HPA axis dysregulation. And I can't help them do the frontal lobe stuff until we fix the HPA axis dysregulation, which I don't personally do, but I support them and I advocate for them and I help them advocate for themselves to get to those root causes of why they can't focus because no time management strategy is going to fix that root cause. No, because you're frozen, you're paralyzed, right? You're hiding, you're trying to be in survival and hide from the beast. Yeah. So let's talk about some things that, that make us go there. Situations that are unpredictable. Like a pandemic. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> and I'm predicting the next day, are we going to be closed? Are we get open? Are we going to be yeah. mandated? Are we, where are we? Yeah. Un, so unpredictable, uncontrollable out of our hands. Yes. And sustained. What's happened, especially over those layers of the last year, right? Mm-hmm. Now, to try to break that cycle is hard. You, we have to try to get our conscious awareness back on board. As humans, first of all, one thing I would say is try to dig into your emotional DNA, okay? Because as humans, emotionally, we, we want six key things. We want autonomy, and we're going to talk about that one. We're going to really hit that one, with, especially for women. We want autonomy. We want security. We want connection. Yes. We want health. We want leisure. We want purpose. Now, we've had a very warped sense of connection the last several months, right? Mm-hmm. We haven't had that supportive, necessary emotional, physical touch connection that we, we require as humans. But we've had a very abnormal, destructive kind of connection with social media and news and so forth. Yes. That's not healthy. So I really try to tell my tribe and, and my patients and so forth, dial that down, bring it back. And I understand that a lot of these topics are very important emotionally for people to get their thoughts and feelings out on whatever platform they're doing it. But then you're going to tend to see that other side coming back at you and then you're flipped off more. And then, and now you're just, okay. And then you're paralyzed in your ability to move forward in many aspects of your life. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're not contributing to the betterment of the planet or the human race or anything, but you might need to decompress and step back a little bit and figure out, first of all, the autonomy piece, 
we all need autonomy, meaning in practice, we're with people all day, right? We're constantly with people and you mentoring people and so forth. So we're with people all the time. <laughs> human DNA, human neurobiology of emotion is we do need our alone time, our downtime. Amen. Thank you. So we That's such to an connect to ourselves. Point. I feel like a lot of women, the women that I know who are in your program already, the women in my program, myself, you might be able to relate to this. I don't know. Like we identify as empaths, introverts, highly sensitive, all the things, right? Maybe all of those. And we really do need a lot of time to recover from the output and the traditional ways of being a successful chiropractor are not aligned with having that time on a consistent basis to regenerate, to recuperate yourself, to be able to deliver that output to other people. It's one of the first things I encourage women to do is like create containers for your self-care make it non-compromisable and consistent. Cause it's not just like going on vacation once in 10 years is enough. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but you know what, even going, that's a great point. Even going on vacation twice a year, whatever you think, okay, I just need to get through this. I'm just going to hurdle through this period and I am going to go on vacation and I'm going to rejuvenate and everything like that. It, that's not going to do it. Again, this is human neurobiology of emotion. This is the way we're wired. So you may get some sleep or anything during those two weeks of vacation, but it's not going to change that what you really need for your best emotional self. And your kids and your patients and your spouse, will they'll know the difference when you're really having that time. And then that connection is authentic and stuff. Put it this way. If you're taking a time out or doing something that you're spending time with your family, right? You're like, okay, I'm going to put in, I'm spending time with my family. But the whole time your mind is like, God, I need to finish that project. Oh, I got those chart notes going. Oh, um, I, oh, I got to check on that patient. Oh, I got, you're not fully with your family or who you're supposed to be really connecting with. Yeah. So if you decompress and really have that authentic time to yourself, you can say, okay, those other things I tell people, learn the word no, no, thank you. I'd love to help you out, but no, thank you. I'm not able to do that. And forget the word guilt. Don't feel guilty about saying no. Mm, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm with you. It's interesting. Every time we talk, I learn more and more how much synergy there is between what we're both teaching and how we're both supporting other chiropractors. There's, a, there's just a lot of synergy and some different language around it, but really at the root of it, it is about first being strong yourself. You've got to take care of yourself to be Absolutely. able to take care of everybody else. I'm curious, and I'm kind of changing topics here. If you are noticing a trend that I've noticed over the last few months, maybe several months now, that there are people outside of the chiropractic profession now talking about the nervous system and nervous system healing. You're seeing oh. that then, yes. <laughs> oh, you've got, my, you've got a red, red button item with me. Okay, here's the deal. I might get a little passionate I, and I hopefully I, my language will stay within <laughs> the scope of being proper. Here's the deal. I started talking about vagal tone and vagus nerve. I keep saying 15 years ago, it's probably longer than that now. Yeah. And I, I swear I got dubbed in our profession is like, oh God, burger. She loves the vagus nerve, Mrs. Vegas. Uh, you're going to hear her talk. She's talking about the vagus nerve. Okay. And sensory processing, vestibular system, you know, and I, it was kind of made fun of what's happening now. All these professions, 
from everywhere, the medical paradigm, the osteopathic paradigm, the physical therapy paradigm, psychology, psychiatry, they're talking about the nervous system, regulating autonomic nervous system and bagel control. Yep. So one of my pet peeves is we should be on the forefront of understanding and committing ourselves as a profession to take that ball and be on the forefront. Because, you know, from a medical paradigm, they talk about it in, you know, how can we enhance vagal tone? Humming, singing, all these things, right? Yes. As a profession, now we don't have a lot of the neuroscience to concretely say now, yes, we do affect vagal tone. We have the neuroscience to put the pieces together and say it stands to reason that when we do an adjustment, this is why we see the positive effects we see. Now we're working on things to look at more heart rate variability and how we affect that. But as a profession, I'm on this big role about pivot your practice from pain to brain because mm-hmm. we ultimately affect brain function. So Heidi's shown several times over and over that we affect sensory processing in the prefrontal cortex our emotional, our frontal lobe, right? Our executive functioning dude. That is really our parasympathetic, our, where vagal tone is coming from. So that puts the brakes on our fear monger. So if we understand this dynamic, so what I love to do in my program is I love to say, okay, this is the neuroscience behind it. This is the neurobiology. And by the way, this is the neurobiology of mostly all disease, physical and mental. This is where we have what we call an intergenerational pull down. We inherit our ancestors' stress responses. We're all in stress right now. We inherit our stress responses, the way we respond to our world, externally, internally, up to 14 generations back. Think about the little fiddle farts right now. Think about the women. I did what I call the COVID prenatal class. I did a free class for our chiropractors. It just ended. We had over almost 900 registrants for that class, which I was so excited about because I need this information to get out there. Those women that are pregnant right now, we have a lot of neuroscience that look at women that were pregnant during a disaster, the Holocaust, significant floods. Project Ice Storm is a big one. They talk about about an ice storm up in Canada, 9-11. And we have the neuroscience to look at the effect, the long-term effect on that offspring, physical health and mental health. Think about what we've all been through globally in the last several months. I am telling you that as chiropractors, we we need to understand what this is going to look like in the coming years of how these kiddos are going to present to our offices they're going to be presenting in this frontal lobe flip. Their academic learning, social, emotional, motor skill learning, the level of consciousness ability to understand what's right and what's wrong, racially, sexually, morally, you name it, is compromised. Okay, sorry, I'm on my bandwagon. No, I love it. <laughs> I love it. And I'm watching comments <laughs> from people that are watching and they're loving it too. So, yeah, I see this in the coaching industry too, that even coaches are talking about central nervous system healing and giving tips and tricks kind of for how to regulate your nervous system. I very seldom, if ever at all, see a coach say, and chiropractic care is the most important way or even a way to help regulate your nervous system. So there's certainly something happening. I'm not sure where this shift originated from, but people are paying more attention 
I hope that it's not just a trend. Regardless, there's a lot of work for us to do out there. There's a lot of people for us to help. And I say that also, you know, being aware that in some places you're limited and how many people you can see because you've now got all these extra regulations with cleaning the table and sanitizing all the surfaces and taking temperatures and on and on, right? Like mask, no mask. <laughs> so there's a lot of factors. And in some cases, you you may have decided in the more acute phase of the pandemic, especially to not see patients right now. And that's okay too. You've got to make a choice that's in alignment with your values. Absolutely. Um, Something that I wanted to touch on with you is as you're talking about the epigenetic components of what we're experiencing in this heightened acute stress and how it will affect generations moving forward and how that has played out historically as well. Something that I... Honestly, I'm not even sure like where the, where the idea or the notion came from, but something that I thought about recently was why so many women are afraid to put themselves out there, why they're afraid to market their practices, for example. And I started to think about, you know, right now in our, in our day and age, in the year 2020, there doesn't appear to be any reasons why women can't use their voice, why women can't feel free to express themselves or voice their opinions. But when I have conversations with people, especially one-to-one, there's a very deep fear that women feel about doing exactly that. So I started to think about like, where, why, where is this coming from? What's really behind this? Because they have all the tools that they need and yet they still feel so afraid. And I realized, you know, part of this is because we're still carrying forward oppression from generations past. We're still expressing that genetically. And my mind was kind of like, oh my gosh, there's so much more than meets the eye with this. Absolutely. Right. Cause it's not just like how, how our nutrition affects us genetically. It's the experiences, the lived experiences as well. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, you're right on. In fact, mostly our maternal's prenatal stress response can become what we call it's, it's fetal programming is what we refer to it in neuroscience. And it basically can turn into what they refer to as a fixed action pattern. The way my mom responded to a situation is the way I, I inherit that. And we don't know that as, you know, on a conscious level, but my parents are from Germany and they lived through world war II and, and Hitler days. And I have, I, I hear the stories about the bombing and, and Hitler coming through their town. And, and, and anyway, it was bad. It was very bad. And I remember in high school, watching my parents respond to various situations. And, and then my first year of college, actually, I, another situation, it's just a very vivid memory. And I remember saying to myself, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to be that. I love them. I understand now, because of the work I do, I understand where they were coming from. But I made a conscious decision. My frontal lobe said, Mm-mm. I've had to work really hard my whole life and my whole career not to divert to that pattern again. And my mom is very timid. I mean, she would never say, she's that more freeze and dissociate part of fight, flight, or freeze. You know, just if I just bury myself and I just, it, nobody sees me, nobody, hey, if I don't say anything, the tiger's not going to get me. I'm, you know, and obviously people that know me, I'm, <laughs> I can be like that. But then sometimes I just, bleh, you know, 
So it's made that being that very conscious decision. So if somebody, my words to you out there is one, do not, do not beat yourself up. If you tend to be holding back and you know, you're holding back and, and you don't know why, please don't do that. Perhaps spend some time with yourself and look at your parents. My grandparents were still, my, my grandfather was murdered by, it was, it's bad, bad scenario. So I didn't know my extended family. I only knew one of my grandmothers, but if you have that family history and you can watch the dynamics of your parents and your grandparents and everything, it's not that you don't love them. It's not that you don't care about them. It's not that they're not good people, none of that. But if you can start looking out as an observer and watching the way they respond to different things. For us, it was a financial thing. You know, you're always going to be poor. You're always going to work till you're dead and bleeding and bruised and bladdered, and you're not going to have a pot to piss in. Okay. <laughs> so I've had to very consciously work at that. But I, I challenge, you know, just take a look at some of these response mechanisms. And then it's hard, but you can make that conscious decision to say, I need to retrain myself. I don't need to respond like they would respond because that's not my true reality. The amygdala scans its environment four times every second. It's right, our rate limiting factor. It's out there looking for danger. Neurologically, that's where we're going to live. So it scans its environment like, am I safe? Am I secure? Yeah, right now there is not a truck coming for me. I'm cool. I'm good. I don't have to act like there's a truck coming for me. Am I loved? Am I worthy? Okay, yeah. Is this a true situation? Am I really going to be poor and broke? No. That was my dad's mantra. Okay. Am I going to have to work till I'm 95 and bury myself because I have no money? No. Right. And then what is my action pattern to break that? So if you can do that, but do not blame yourself. Understand it's the hand-me-down. Yes. And I feel like we have an opportunity as well to change those patterns and pass that forward to future generations when we do this work now. Yep, you will. You, you will. Absolutely. Okay. So the other thing is if we're stuck, if we're stuck in this fight all the time and you're stressed, you are passing that down to any future generations. In fact, the, what they looked at, it was with the, with the Holocaust, even if those women that were not pregnant at the time, even if it was several years later, they had a much higher predisposition to depression, anxiety, and PTSD, the offspring did. So you don't even have to be pregnant now. You can still hand that down later. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> this is so exciting to me. <laughs> Hopefully it's helpful for other people to hear this conversation so. as well. I, I believe it will be. You have an upcoming enrollment period open for Developing Minds University in July. For people yeah. that want to learn more from you and be able to apply this amazing knowledge and skill set that you teach in their practices and with their patients, where can they go now or later to learn more about your program? Yeah, we're getting such amazing feedback. I'm really excited. I pretty much pulled 30 years of my teaching, research, career, clinical experience, plus others. We have Heidi's doing a module. Amy Haas is amazing. She talks a lot of heart rate variability. Nicole Lindsay. I mean, people are doing, uh, it's a very comprehensive program. And July is our next open enrollment period. You can go to devmindsu, so D-E-V-M-I-N-D-S-U.com and you get the whole lowdown there. But I'm really excited because the feedback, I never dreamed the feedback would be this magnificent. And our, really our goal 
is to change generations to come. And now more than ever, after everything that's gone on, I truly believe that we are going to be called upon as a profession to lead the light and the truth and the way and the hope for families across the globe. And we should be on that forefront, like you talked about, talking about nervous system. I'm with you. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for everything that you've shared today. I'm looking forward to connecting with you more in the future. And again, if anyone that's listening to this in the future on the podcast, on our website or in iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you might be listening, check the show notes for links to Dr. Monica's program and come back to this video in the Facebook group. Let us know what your biggest takeaway was from this conversation. I would love to hear more from our viewers. Thank you again for being here. And thank you for everything you do. Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the Aligned Women podcast. If you love this show, please share your favorite episode with another woman in chiropractic. Think of your classmates and the women who practice near you. Is there one who you know is tired, overwhelmed, exhausted, or just burned out? If so, let her know about the Aligned Women podcast right away. And if you love what you hear on this show and want more insight into Aligned Women's proven method for women in chiropractic on how you can have more time freedom and more financial freedom, how you can build a practice full of the right patients, not just more of them, and how you can feel confident that you're making the impact you were born to make as a chiropractor. Be sure to grab the Aligned Chiropractors Survival Guide at AlignedChiroSurvivalGuide.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.